Hi, this is Dr. Linda Mintel. Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast of the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. Our website is filled with more encouraging interviews, all accessible at MyFaithRadio.com. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. I'm your host, Dr. Linda Mintel, the relationship doctor, and I'm here along with my co-host, the other Dr. Mintel, my husband, Norm. And every weekend, we're here, we're doing life together, and as always, we're just glad you joined us. Yes, thank you. I love weekends. I don't know. They go by so fast, and I wait so long for them to get here. <laughs> but we do our show. We love the I weekends because we have a chance well, to talk to go. the talk to the people. There's always that. Yeah. Okay, but today we want to talk about something that is unfortunately far too common in our world. Linda, have you ever felt shocked or overwhelmed by something that threatened your physical health? Or maybe involved actually a death threat? I know you've not had one of those, at least not that I know of. Or serious injury, maybe a car accident, the loss of a child, a mass shooting, or a robbery on your street. I don't know. Maybe someone in our audience has had one of those things and heard that. But have you ever experienced a significant emotional loss or any type of abuse? I think those are all types of trauma, right? They are trauma. And that's going to be the topic today that we're going to we're going to spend a lot of time on trying to help people understand how this impacts relationships, Mm -hmm. Norm. Mm -hmm. Trauma is an emotional response to any terrible event. So So it's just an emotional response. Right. It's, It's not a thing beyond that. Well, it's the way you react to something that you see or witness or experience yeah that's pretty significant now we'll talk about how some people don't have the same reactions as other people to those traumatic events but anything that is really a terrible event can cause trauma so it's the experience specifically of witnessing um, of violence of tragedy or just something that's very disturbing like sometimes there are things in the news uh, that are very, very disturbing. True. The images that we right. see sometimes of these terrorist attacks and the way uh, different groups treat each other, that can be very traumatic even watching that. Mm-hmm. So when you're experiencing one of these trauma, you're witnessing a trauma, there's usually some type of shock or denial. But then what can happen is a lot of really unpredictable emotions can hmm. follow. Probably the most common one people have heard about are flashbacks. Mm-hmm. So you're you're suddenly you're 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 trying to go to sleep and you have a flashback of that car accident mm-hmm. or something that happened to you. And when these happen regularly, they can cause a lot of stress, but they can also cause stress in your relationship because sometimes your your partner or your coworker or whoever it is doesn't really know what to do when that happens. Okay, interesting. I think I read that trauma impacts around 8 million people a year in the United States. That's a lot of people. It is. Well, you think about all the things that have been happening in our world, and in some ways it's not so surprising, right? Mm-hmm. So it's regular. It's so regular that I actually screen for this, but to, you know, ask patients about it. Hmm. Uh, have you had anything that's happened in your life that was particularly disturbing? And I even am going to a medical conference in a, in a, another week, and I'm actually talking on trauma-informed care, helping doctors understand 
how trauma can affect some of the patients that come into their offices for just medical appointments. Are doctors traumatized? They can be by the things that they see. I mean, think about the, the what they saw during COVID oh, yeah. and the bodies that right. were, you know, just piling up in the hallways of hospitals and people dying and they didn't know what to do. And it was very, it was traumatic for a lot of people. So are there different types of trauma? There are basically three, okay. three types. So the first one is what we call acute trauma. And all that means is there was one thing that happened that caused this emotional experience, right? So it might have been a car accident. It For some people, it was the school shooting, if they were involved in that. Mm, sure. Um, that was a one-time thing. Maybe you were involved in a fire, or we went through a hurricane. Uh, fortunately, we didn't have trauma from that because things were pretty safe for us but there were there are a lot of times we hear about how people's whole communities got wiped out yeah um you know fires can do the same type of thing second type of trauma we would call chronic trauma and that's because it's repeated it's prolonged i think the the best way to think of that one is if you're in a domestic abuse situation or you're living in a family where there's physical or verbal or even sexual abuse. So it's ongoing. It's ongoing and repeated. Okay. And then the last one is called complex trauma. And this means that the person has been exposed to a a bunch of traumatic events. Like it might not be one thing, it's going to be multiple things. And these are things that are hitting them on all fronts and they're very invasive and they can be interpersonal. And it just makes the dealing with trauma even more complex. Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. why we call it complex trauma. That makes sense. I would imagine that it's important how we cope with any one of these kinds of traumas. Tell us a little bit more about how people do that and how some seem more resilient than others. I think the most important thing, Norm, would be the support that people get at the moment of that trauma. So you'll frequently see that when there's some type of like shooting, a, a mass shooting, they send in the crisis teams mm. or something happens in a, in, a, in a setting, they send in crisis and trauma groups to, you know, all these disasters in the, um, in the weather and all the things that we've been experiencing. And when you get that type of support and you have somebody there to support you, sometimes you can get through this and it will be, you know, maybe an acute reaction for a, a few days or a couple of weeks, but then it eventually goes away. So it does really help to have that type of support. And if you're in a relationship where you've had a lot of traumas, that support in that relationship can really make a difference. Mm-hmm. For some people who've had trauma or traumatic experiences and feel like they have some symptoms, maybe a few symptoms, but then they go on with their life and and they think, well, that didn't really bother me. Should we look for something? And could that problem become more severe? Yeah. So the typical symptoms are if you're having the, you have these intrusive memories, they just keep coming and you can't get them out of your mind, or you have a recurring dream that's related to that, flashbacks, or sometimes even physical reactions like your heart rate goes up and your breathing gets sort of rapid and you start to feel sweaty or you have some type of physical symptom from that. Those are all signs that are related to something that people have heard about, which is post-traumatic stress disorder. Mm-hmm. So there's a, a whole criteria of how we diagnose that. But just just keep in mind that you can have these intrusive memories, flashbacks, a lot of negative emotions, and then um, a little bit of a physical response to all of that as well. So do they go back, do people who have these symptoms go back into the original trauma? Do they feel it the same way? Yeah, and that can happen for a short time, and then it can go away. And, and, you know, 
many of our listeners that have come back from war have experienced mm-hmm. this. So I remember when my brother came back from war, you know, he would hear a, a car backfire and he would immediately think it was a bomb or something that was on the battlefield. And for a moment he was there. And then they realize, you know, that they're not. But sometimes they have to do something to really ground them at the moment into mm-hmm. the present mm-hmm. time so that they don't get lost in that trauma. And when that happens to somebody, we call that dissociating. They get lost in it, and they're back there at the time of that trauma. So can we do anything to avoid the, the memories? Well, I don't – avoiding – I don't know if avoiding is really the way that we want to talk about this. It really is a natural reaction to avoid it because it's so unpleasant. But part of the problem is is that you really have to work through these memories. And there are lots of types of therapies that help you do that so that you can feel safe and you can be present and you can realize it's not happening in real time. Okay. Are we going to talk about those in this show? We're going to go through some of that. We're going to talk about the methods that work, yes. Okay, good. So the other thing is, Norm, you can have a lot of physical symptoms, like I said. Actually, if you have a lot of trauma, you a lot of times have chronic pain, and the trauma makes the pain worse. Hmm. just want to mention that. But couples can be very affected by traumatic experiences by one of the partners, or if both of them have had that. And when it's not recognized in a relationship, you might wonder, why do I feel tense? And why is there strain? Why is my, why is this person reacting to things that I wouldn't think that somebody would react to? So if you don't know their past, mm. and they haven't talked about this, and you don't know what has happened to them, you know, it, they can develop symptoms of anxiety and depression and irritability and all kinds of things. So you, you have to bring this out into the open. So it's important not to keep it quiet. Yeah, I mean, you have to have a safe person to talk to, right? You want to make sure that you let them know. and Because the first step of healing is to be aware of what that was and be able to talk to somebody about it and be able to get the support that you need. Now, that's harder if someone in your family is the source of that trauma because it could be ongoing and they, they wouldn't be the safe person to talk to. But it does help to bring it out into the open. So once they accept the trauma has happened and they tell their partner about it or they tell you about it, what kinds of things should we ask them? The best question is to ask what happened and then say, and how did you get through it? Hmm. So do you hear how I'm focusing on their strength right, and their resiliency? Right. Don't say what's wrong. Just ask, ask them what happened. Mm-hmm. Allow the person to tell you what they want to at that point, because then it gives them some type of control, which is what they did not have during the trauma experience. And I'm going to guess you shouldn't rush them, but give them time to talk about it. Right. The bigger the trauma, the more numb a person might be. And we all grieve differently, and we grieve at our own pace. So since trauma involves loss a lot of time, respect the person's timeline to process the trauma. That's really important. So just listen. Okay, I want to get this straight. If the body gets activated and you have these responses and makes you want to escape, how does that work out? Well, the person can get aggressive. They can get agitated. They can feel panic or anxiety. The person might feel overwhelmed. They might start shaking. Wow. They can yell. They can throw things. They can misperceive and, and you know think that you're being very negative at the time. Or, and this happens to people a lot, they can freeze. Mm. They just simply shut down. They don't focus, they don't engage with you, and they look real distant. And I'll have couples come in and say, well, what's going on? They just shut down in the middle of that. So unfortunately, some people turn to substances to deal with that feeling, but obviously that's not going to be helpful. No. Okay. Listen, we have to take a break, but when we come back, I want to talk more about what's happening to the person so we can help and we can understand and do our part. We'll be right back right after this message. 
The other night, I had an interesting conversation with friends at dinner. We were talking about the idea that Bible stories were not just nice stories, but they were there to help us relate to difficulties when they come. Now, I know this wasn't exactly a new thought. I know we know this. But how often do we think about what we are going through and actually place our life stories in the context of those Bible stories? So here's what we did. We took turns and we related a current issue that we were each having to a specific Bible story. Then we used those stories to encourage one another. So for example, one of my friends had a relationship with his boss that felt a lot like David's relationship with Saul. One moment the boss was praising him and giving him assignments. The next moment, the fiery spears would fly. Like David, he trusted God for his tomorrow. He often wondered about the timing of God's intervention, but trusted that God was working on his behalf and the plans God had for him were good. Another friend related to Joseph. She was in a job, unappreciated, and felt thrown to the side while others ascended and were promoted. She could really relate to being in the prison of neglect and rejection, hoping and praying that the king, the boss, would remember her and release her from false charges that caused the rejection. Like Joseph, she believed God would restore what was lost. By the end of the dinner, we were laughing and smiling. Life may have thrown us a few curves, but we were determined to react to those curves like the people of faith who went before us. So the next time you need a little encouragement, hey, grab that Bible storybook and think about the lessons we teach our children. Those stories aren't just for kids. They can really encourage us too. Letting Go of Worry by Dr. Linda Mintel. Available on her website at drlindamintel.com and online. Welcome back to the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. Before we took a break, we were asking some important questions, and I want to get to those. But first, I need to tell you, you can follow Dr. Linda on her website, drlindamental.com. There you're going to find her blogs, her books, connect with her on social media. You need to do that. That's really important. So our technical producer, Katie, had a clarifying question, and maybe you can address this for us. She said, I didn't understand the difference between the second type, which was... Chronic. Chronic uh, trauma and then complex trauma. What's the difference? Yeah, she was given us a couple of examples of people that she knew. And part of it is that when it's when it's chronic, it just means that there's a certain type of trauma. And again, think of abuse um, or you're in a domestic violence. It's the same type of trauma over and over and over okay. again. So it's repeated. It's prolonged. It just continues. But a lot of people have more than one thing happen to them. So they may have the abuse, and then they may have um, their father go to prison, or they may have um, something happen there in a fire, and there's, you know, they lost their home, Mm -hmm. or their spouse loses their job, and it was a very traumatic way that it happened. So that's more complex, because that just means that a lot more things have played into the whole you know, dealing with life and being resilient. So I think that that's a great clarification because most people don't just have one thing. There's something that we're not really talking about, Norma, but it's something called the ACE score. And this stands for Adverse Childhood Experiences. I think we actually did a show on this a while back. But it's it's really looking at adverse things that happen to children, and they impact how you are as an adult. And there's three of them are in the abuse category, physical, verbal, and sexual. Hmm. Some of them is a divorce. 
that's traumatic for children, believe sure, it or not. Of course. Um, even when maybe it's handled well, going to prison, there's like 10 of those. And if you have four of those, then it means you're more at risk for mental health issues. So people with a lot of different kinds of trauma are more at risk. Doesn't mean they will, but it means they're more at risk. And that's why when we move forward, we, we talk about some protective factors like getting support. And then we're going to get into a little bit more about our faith and how that can be a protective sure. factor. Well, just before we went to break, I, I reminded myself that I want to find out more about how we can help people. So once this starts coming out in our family, how do we help people deal with this? Or should they just go to therapy well, and ther- find better help? Yeah, therapy really helps. There's something called trauma-informed couples therapy. And there's also trauma-informed therapy if you're not in a, in couple, a couple relationship. Right. right. But what this therapy does is it helps you trust it helps you communicate. It connects you with your partner. And in the work, what you do, Norm, is you identify the triggers in your relationship. So you may have been physically abused by your father. And every time your spouse raises his voice, somehow that triggers you mm-hmm. and reminds you sure. of something bad's going to happen. So part of the work is that they, you know, as therapists, we help people identify the triggers in their relationship. Then we help people emotionally regulate, which just means when you have a feeling, we all have to learn how to regulate our feelings so that we you know, don't get really angry or we don't shut down, but there's a regulation process. Okay. And then we ha- it helps you build some awareness. It helps you learn how to take care of yourself and a whole lot more. But this type of therapy addresses what happened to you and will help you understand the coping skills, the defense mechanisms, and the protective parts you bring into the relationship, and then you can make changes. So it's very helpful. I would imagine that one of the challenges there is that you may not even realize what triggers your partner at all. I mean, they're getting triggered, but you may not know about it, and you could assume they're just acting irrationally, and that's probably confusing. Well, and if you criticize their irrational reaction, then they're going to feel even threatened, and they're going to feel more unsafe again. Mm -hmm. So this is why you really need to recognize those triggers and understand that they're feeling the trauma, and it's not about you in the moment. So that's kind of hard, isn't it? Because you're the one that's experiencing it with them. Yes, and you're not the therapist. So. Right. So I, right. I would think you want to help your, your spouse or your partner develop a new response to these triggers and calm their nervous system, but I'm not sure I would know how to do that. Well, it, it is learning some techniques, right? So there are many techniques that a therapist can teach somebody that then they can take and they can practice in their home life and especially in their relationship. And what you're doing is you're training your body how to calm down mm. because you mentioned the nervous system that gets on high alert. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, think about it. When you're unsafe, you're protecting yourself and you go on, on alert. And so when you're traumatized, that's your first reaction. A lot of people that have had chronic trauma are on alert all the time. Mm. And so part of what we would do is we help people calm that nervous system down and learn how to take charge of what they're feeling. Oh, that makes total sense. Yeah. I tell couples, if you think your reaction to something your partner does doesn't make sense Mm. or it's bigger than you think it should be, like you're reacting and you're kind of even saying to yourself, why am I reacting like that? Kind of out of proportion. Yeah, it's out of good good word. It's out of proportion. Then it probably is related to a trigger that you need to identify. So let's say, let's just use an example. If your husband has to go on a business trip and you find yourself really angry and upset, it maybe that was related to being neglected by your mm. father when mm-hmm. you were growing up and you haven't put the two pieces together mm-hmm. yet. Something is triggering that abandonment feeling. 
Mm-hmm. Well, how important is it for the spouse to not react with anger or threats or maybe even shaming the person for having these emotional and ir- irrational behaviors? Yeah, I'm really glad you asked that because you can re-traumatize the person. Mm-hmm. Now, that doesn't mean that you're responsible for them. I want to make sure I understand because, like you said, you're not a therapist. You're, right. you're a partner right. or you're a family member, right? But you 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 have to try not to add to the problem. And, and you have to recognize that they're trying to regulate their f- feelings and their behavior may be really intense. And you can tell them, wow, that was really intense. Mm. Um, maybe that's related to something that happened to you and maybe you're distressed, um, but you don't want to feed into the trauma by creating a, a lack of safety at that moment. Are there other trauma treatments you could tell us about? Yeah, there are several. There's something called cognitive behavior therapy. That's a good one. Cognitive processing therapy. One that people may have heard about, it's called eye movement desensitization and reprocessing therapy. Yeah, we've all heard about well, that it's, one. Well, if I say EMDR, <laughs> so that's the initials, EMDR. Now, this is the tapping and the bilateral movement that you have with your finger where the eyes oh, are following right, right. it. That has something to do with the brain and how the brain can process trauma. And so it's a type of therapy that helps the brain so that you can remember the trauma, but you're no longer triggered by it. So I would just say, find someone who does EMDR. Mm-hmm. And or any of those other therapies that I mes- mentioned, those are people who specialize in trauma work. And just to add to this, you know, some people can find an expression through creative writing and expressive arts like theaters. You know, I, I wonder how many of the artists who've written great movies and are acted in something are just processing their trauma. Interesting. Have you ever thought about that? Yes. I Well, I, we often think that artists are, are damaged or hurt people. Well, we're all broken, right? But they might have been broken in this way, and they're using their creative art to express sure. it and to work it through. Yeah. Well, what I'm taking away from all this is there's really no shame in asking for help. Absolutely not. The way trauma plays out can be so confusing for a couple. <laughs> I'm, I'm confused right now even trying to imagine this. It seems like therapy is going to help both people and help them move forward. Yeah, and you can transform that uh, trauma into something that can be used for good. So, you know, we've heard many times somebody who was hit by a drunk driver and killed, the family starts an awareness group Mm -hmm. or a community campaign against drinking and driving, and they create meaning out of this horrific thing that happened. And I think of uh, Johnny Erickson Tata, you know. Look what she went through, the trauma of being paralyzed as a teenager from a diving accident. Now she has a global ministry helping so many people with wheelchairs and other ways. I mean, talk about reframing your, your tragedy into something good. Yeah, God can, and he does use our painful experiences, and he does it to provide comfort and compassion to others that are going through something similar. You know, if you just get the proper treatment and support and prayer and allow the Lord to heal you, you can overcome the impact of trauma. And it's that scripture that says, Mm -hmm. what was meant for evil, God can use for good. And that's not just a great thought. It's true. There's so many instances in the Bible where God used human trauma and brought about good. I think of Joseph, for one, Mm. abused by his brothers, thrown in a pit, sold into slavery, then thrown into prison once he got into Egypt. And yet God used him to rise to the second command of the entire empire to feed his family and others during the famine. He said to his brothers, remember, it's what you were saying when they met many years later, he said, you intended to harm me, but God intended 
for it to be good to accomplish what is now being done, saving many lives. Yeah, and that would be somebody with complex trauma, yeah. right? <laughs> the story of Job's another one that we can think about where, tri- where he really triumphed over evil. You know, the devil wanted to derail him by creating loss after loss, but Job never gave up on God. He was restored above and beyond. So there's Bible stories where people have experienced trauma. Wrap us up, but before you do, I want to remind us all that God never leaves us in the middle of our suffering or our trauma. He's always present, always with us. He never leaves us. That's so true, Norm. No matter what we experience, you can be grounded in Christ, not a traumatic event or something that happened to you. Look to Christ for healing. Allow him to transform that suffering into something good you can use to comfort others. I don't know how many times I've used the death of my brother to comfort those with sudden loss. Mm -hmm. We can all move through the trauma, reprocess it, and be healed. So do the work and allow the Lord to transform you through it. Well, that's all the time we have today. Many thanks to our producer and my co-host, Norm Mintel, who makes the show a conversation, and our technical producer, Katie Sims. From all of us here at Faith Radio, hey, we'll talk to you again next weekend. In the meantime, remember, we're doing life together, and it's better when you don't have to do it alone. Well, thanks for listening to this conversation from the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. These podcasts are available because of listener support. You can make a gift now at MyFaithRadio.com. And thanks for sharing this audio link with a friend and helping us grow the impact of the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. Also, take a moment to subscribe to the podcast today at iTunes or your podcast player, and you'll never miss a show.